Oh, 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 boy, we're back. We are back. Oh, yeah. Day two. Day two. I've just been pouring over my notes about what we found out in the first day just to see what's going to happen. I feel it was so hard to to not give it away because you guys have kind of guessed at this theory before. Multiple times, actually. I can't remember who said it first, but you've definitely thrown out the Groundhog Day theory, the repeating day theory. Oh, yeah. And it was like David and Adam, I think, who were like really... Everyone except me, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I think a deeper question for me is, how hard is it to cliffhanger an episode the same way twice? Rudy? Oh. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) <laughs> I knew that would like lock it in though in your heads that that would lock in that's Ugh. a confirmation like Groundhog Day confirmed yeah, yeah no great. kidding oh my lord well at least it's not his birthday this time <laughs> yet <laughs> you we got a twenty nine deception back in the day by the way oh, yeah, looking, yeah, looking yeah. over my notes I made a point of noting that <laughs> yeah I think that's not, I think that's as, is that as high as I can roll for for deception uh I th- yeah it is yeah that's yeah. Well, so last week you guys thought you fell down an elevator shaft. Turns out you didn't. You fought one of Rudolph Van Richten's old allies, the ghostly form of an old ally of Claudia Deschain, a name that you heard many, many moons ago. Mm. Kicked her ass, by the way. You did. You did <laughs> defeat her very quickly. But then you spent the next five minutes essentially trying to get as much information out of night-style rooms, I guess. You've determined that things are different at night, so you wanted as much of that nighttime info as you could get. As soon as the sun started to rise at 5.30, things reset here. Joseph, who last night you found hanging in the linen closet, strangled to death, just walks out of his bedroom like everything's fine. Doesn't recognize anyone but Van Richten when he walks out of there. So, all right, guys, hear me out. If you wanna, if you wanna speed up day two, we kill Joseph right now, strangle Elise to death, go drown Greta, and then we go find Carl, like hang him from the second story, like balcony, and then I don't know, chop down a tree and make it fall on the gatehouse and kill casimir that way wait a minute sounds good what about the dog yeah, we thing. actually put him to rest last time did oh oh did i mm. going so, back like, seeing if his bones are still there yeah one thing as soon as we hit play is seeing if we still have a tambourine and a pair of rings or five rings total but only two that that may, mean anything yeah 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 you do still have those items. You okay. do still have the tambourine and the magic rings. And yeah, when you had found the uh, the bones of the buried dog of Thane, Van Richten too had mentioned. Maybe it was some was someone mentioned. Uh, I think it was Van Richten said he'd be curious to know how Casimir would react to to finding that information out. You have a lot of notes and a lot of possibilities. If this is really going back to like a Groundhog Day stuff, there's all kinds of things you could go find out, you know? Like who was, what if you showed up 10 minutes early to some of those things you showed up yesterday to, right? Mm-hmm. What if you just mm-hmm. followed an NPC around? <laughs> Honestly, for like, for the entire week, I've just been like, so I'm just going to stake out the gatehouse, right? I'm just going to stake out the gatehouse, see what the hell happened to Casimir. That is where it all started. Currently, it's 545. If you wanted to boot it to the gatehouse, you could all make it there by 615. Oh, God. I think you've already discovered he usually wakes up at 7 a.m. is what he told you yesterday, at least. Yes. Yeah, so. I feel like we've already been down that path. I think at this point it's like what's happening cuz we didn't actually get to Van Richten's estate until like what? Like 10:50 a.m. Thank you. <laughs> so, we've got 3 hours of unknown information that we can gather here at the estate. But 
there's also things I really want to check on, like Fane's bones. I also really want to check on, you know, what's happening with the mausoleum, those coffins, for example, as well. Like, are those still fresh to us? Yeah, like, were they being built as we were talking to Casimir, taking exactly. that short rest? Exactly. So, in my mind, we either pick an NPC and follow them, or we go to the places that we weren't able to go to yesterday at different times to find out what's going on. We already know, as of lunch, as of noon, Carl, Elise, Greta, and Cranky Joseph should all be here at noon having lunch, unless Tess is... uh, Bonesaw interrogation somehow threw him off his uh, schedule. Eh, knowing Joseph, he's strict to his schedule, so everything should be just fine. I have not messed with his groove, is not, what we're trying to not say. Not his here. groove. That's a that's a great point. You do know that at noon, everyone should be in the dining room except Casimir. Yeah, and that's apparently a point of contention. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing, as far as like the the living people who are supposed to be living out this Groundhog Day. He is the only person we know isn't around. At least we don't know what happened to him as of noon. That's why, I mean, I really, like, even if it's, if we, even if we just sent Tess to, like, sit in a tree and stake out what happened to him, we, we know that everyone else is alive until noon and that Casimir isn't. Or at the very least, he doesn't make it to lunch. He is the first person. He is the, like, token stoner who, like, (laughs) just goes to, like, use the washroom and gets, like, immediately axe murdered or whatever. Or goes on a spirit journey and just is never found until the next morning naked in a ditch. Yes. Yeah, I, mm, but, like, like you guys have been saying, we were, we didn't, the entire morning of all these NPCs is a complete unknown. Yeah, but like, it's probably boring for most of them. Fair. I mean, a lot of a lot of the daytime stuff is mundane and frustratingly so. So, like, I don't know. Do we want to? Do we want to take the lift? See what happens when it doesn't fling us into a two-story fall and leave us in the same floor. I say we check off every single room we haven't checked off. Uh, check out the cellar. See if the host is telling us anything more. Mausoleum during the day. We're rested. We know what's going on. Um, hopefully there's one less named zombie there. And then if we are checking up on Casimir, dragging, checking in on Carl, see if he, he's doing his morning thing. And then um, seeing if Thane is buried, if we go by there super early. And also... If we, yeah, if we dug him up, because we took his t- throwing toy, too, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> you did. Do we still have that? Yeah. Okay. So there's certain things that... Uh... So when it comes to Casimir and going over my notes, um, we know that Casimir was cleaning the stable house around 8.30 a.m. So we actually have more time than we think in regards to finding other things out. And we know what Casimir's whereabouts are going to be at least up to about 8.30. Okay, so if we're at 5.45, let's... Basically, what I'm thinking is we need to make an itinerary, like, as if we're going traveling. I'll give you this, too, since you guys... We kind of ended... We're going to jump back into it. Uh, officially. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, yeah, timers, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Timers yeah. are going to restart that kind of thing. Son of a gun. <laughs> We're going to play some D&D, okay. and you guys left it. We left right at that point where Greta and Elise came down for breakfast. 5.45, Greta sees young Master Van Richten, and is like, Rudy? And then you guys maybe sit around for a few minutes, maybe even have some breakfast. At some point while you're sitting there over the course of the, the next few minutes, Greta says, can I go outside? And Joseph answers, now you know very well that no one leaves this room till 7.30. I don't have to officially start my duties till 7.30 in the morning, and I'm going to enjoy an hour or two with my daughters before my workday begins. Now sit your little butt there and eat them eggs. <laughs> Aw. Aw. 
Uh, makes it even sadder that they're all going to die in like 15 hours. <laughs> we can make it sooner. Oh. They'll just come back tomorrow. So according to the conversation you overhear, Joseph says that him and his two daughters should be right here in the kitchen till at least 7.30. So, yeah, nothing is going to change until 7, 7.30 and Casimir at least until 8.30. So what do you think? Um, yeah, I, I like Adam's suggestion. Sweep the whole house, and if we have more time, like if we're super efficient or something, check out the mausoleum. Um, I I really want to stake out what's going on with Casimir, but like again, we don't have to do that for another couple hours. Exactly, we've got the longest time there. So in my mind, I think, especially with Van Richten with us, we have the excuse to leave these guys. We don't need to have have to dilly-dally here, but as I was alluding to earlier, we kind of need an itinerary, especially given the strict timeline that we're on. How can we maximize our time? I know, I think 8.30 is a sticking point, because we know Casimir is going to be at the stable, and I think right now, considering we spent most of the day yesterday with the other people in the house, we know where everybody's going to be at least until noon. Casimir is a big question mark past 8.30. So I think we need to investigate Casimir from 8.30 to noon to figure out what happens there. In the meantime, because it's only quarter to six right now, we have the opportunity, as Adam suggests, to sweep the house and figure out what's going on here. All right, so Celeste says that because Troubadour has eight intelligence, just delegating the good ideas to the high intelligence boy. There we go. But uh, we all somehow, our characters know in our souls that Troubadour made it happen. <laughs> no, no, no. Troubadour made it happen. I don't, I don't think Slash is going to take any credit <laughs> for that. Troubadour just wanders off. <laughs> Troubadour wanders off to the trophy room, comes back, and goes to Tess. I heard you yelling last night. Here's the fox you're yelling for. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... In my mind, what's happening is I think that we would do the courteous thing and have breakfast with with Elise, Greta, and Joseph maybe until 6 o'clock before we politely excuse ourselves and immediately nearly ransack the rest of the mansion. (laughs) Okay, so 5.45 to 6 a.m. on day two, you spend 15 minutes making some small talk and having a light breakfast with Joseph, Elise, and Greta. Mm. Oh my god, Elise, I love your hair. What do you do with it? No? Okay, cool. <laughs> Where do we want to go? Attic. Lift. Yeah, we're yeah, heading to the lift. lift. Right to the attic. Okay. Bro, we do even. <laughs> <laughs> do we even lift? Yes. We do. So I think the rest of us are just going to, again, I feel like Slash would look to Joseph, if you might excuse us, the young master desires to uh, return to a few spaces in the in the mansion to uh, have some comfort. Oh, and- yes, of course. You don't need to explain yourself, young master Van Richten, as the run of the place, of course. If you need anything, let us know. Many rooms prepared, something to eat. We'll be right here till 7.30, and then... Very large question mark from there until noon. <laughs> just open up my like game log. Just hey. Um, so yeah, to the lift. To the lift. Are we doing it on this floor, the first floor, the second floor. Let's just do first floor because we're already kind of right here, and I also don't want to climb stairs. Like, <laughs> sure, I, I want to burn the linen closet. <laughs> All right. You call the elevator down, everyone hops in, you pull the lever, you want to go to the attic? Yeah. You adjust the settings so that it goes all the way to the top. Pull the lever and everything starts to function very, very normally. In here, the rattling of chains and that very mechanical, rhythmic sound of this lift being hoisted up towards the attic. It stops right where you expect it would stop. And at 6.05, you open the doors to look into a pretty normal-looking attic. 
low beams are crisscrossing their way through this room like the broken ribs of a giant. Ooh. If those are ribs, then the dull, squat figures beneath are withered organs, almost shapeless under the dusty sheets. Furniture and crates lie from wall to wall up here in the attic. Only a winding, narrow tract allows progress through the cramped space. Another remarkable feature of this room is the mechanical wonder that allows the lift to travel up and down through the house, you know, the the gears, mm. the gearbox. It looks like a bunch of furniture covered in sheets and old boxes. Hmm. Troubadour will hold his breath so he doesn't hail any dust, do a quick up and down of the attic since he's sized for these small areas and just quick little under each uh just whoop 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 pulling up the skirt of all this furniture saucy I'm like looking for another two-way psychic mirror that radonovich would like be yelling at <laughs> or something i'm just waiting for like the big wizard of oz mechanism where it's like haha pay no attention behind this curtain Ooh, i wonder if this would even be a thing if we didn't look through that mirror <gasps> oh god Damn it, Adam. Don't I'm do the one who's me. supposed to second guess everything we do. Go ahead and give me a investigation there, Drubador, see if you find oh, anything this fun. This is fantastic. Ooh, ten. Pretty average, and what you find is pretty average too. It's old furniture that has been replaced but never discarded. It's toys that the Van Richten children grew out of, but Never got rid of, never passed down. It's it's old attic stuff. You find nothing of interest. All right. Oh, right. It's daytime. Everything is mundane, and we're always disappointed. <laughs> uh, cellar? Yeah. I, I wonder if there's any dollhouses or anything like that up here. Oh. Uh, there are, like, old toys, and, yeah, probably are a few uh, dolls and doll accessories, but... Oh, on that note, I'd assume that Troubadour still has the, like, decrepit doll. The creepy doll? Yeah. Yeah, still around. Okay. I'm like, I really want to touch Greta's doll with the creepy doll to see if it if anything happens with, like, the, the dog and the dog bones. Also, side note, I, I want to go grab the burlap Greta and, like, whack ghost Greta with it. See what happens. <laughs> That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, th this is out of character. It's fine. I'm just curious and paranoid. Oh, well, maybe it is a good idea. You never know. <sighs> maybe just be like, oh, this doll's pretty like you. Then make the doll kiss her cheek. Don't fucking hit her like it's a blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> I am... my Tess is built for very few things. At 610, you're confident... That you haven't really missed anything in the attic. There's nothing going on up here. God damn it. Out of curiosity, um, and Slash would pose this to the rest of the group. What do you think the heart of a house would be? The hearth? The attic? Is it anatomically relevant to a person? If we are to listen to the house, it would make most sense to be at the mouth of a house. What about the first stone laid in the foundation? Doesn't that... I know that... Sometimes at Splitport, they would make something, a commemorative plaque, or even a sort of time capsule within the stones of the foundation for when it was built. Maybe not a time capsule, but a foundation does make a lot of sense. The foundation is required for everything else to be built upon. It is the, the, the spine of the house, if you will. Perhaps the basement or the root cellar might be the next most important space to investigate. Tess, like, fingers the bone saw. I could crack open these giant ribs if we wanted to see anything further. I could eat the insulation. It's in the <laughs> top of the house, and it's, it's pink like a brain. <laughs> yeah, do you have inspiration? <laughs> I do. Oh, ah, yeah. shit. Slash so a look to the rest of the group. 
So, the root cellar, then. We still have some time to kill. I feel like this would be a quick adventure. 20-minute adventure, in and out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. How do we get to the root cellar? Is it outside? I Neat. think so, yeah. Tess jumps out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Troubadour just, walks down the side of the house. <laughs> just face plants on the ground. Salash <laughs> looks to Lustra and Van Richten. The stairs. <laughs> <laughs> to the root cellar. To the root cellar, huh? Mm-hmm. Guys, get down to the cellar entrance. It's just on the outside of the house. You know, one of those... Uh, David, help me out here. You know, like, a, is it just a cellar door? Is it that yeah, simple? Yeah, a cellar door. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's old enough they didn't name it anything fancy. I mean, if you wanted to be technical, French outswing. Hell yeah! <laughs> Sweet. Do you have inspiration, David? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, you said something about uh, the L- house. Let's let's continue. Forget about no, it. No, take, <laughs> take my inspiration. I'm ra- I'm erasing mine. It, and if you really want to know, it's the same style door as his fridge because Adam's fridge is a French door swing. Oh my god! Speaking Whatever. of okay, storage. Okay. What's in the cellar? Root cellar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Adam. I'd rather keep talking about doors for another <laughs> hour or so. Hello. I, I mean, I can I do love that. You. Won't you tell me your name? I'll save it for the what was it? The David Wells Doors and Windows podcast. <laughs> we'll save it for episode two of that one. I'll I'll show up as a guest. <laughs> you open the cellar doors, and your nostrils are hit by a musty, earthy odor that emerges from the cellar. There are stone steps that descend down into the darkness where your light reveals little more than deep shadows and craggy, unfinished walls. When your eyes adjust to the weird gloom, you see a low-ceilinged chamber that's just overfilled with dirty crates and tables Here, a great lump of earth has fallen from the ceiling to create a little mushroom garden upon a workbench that's nearly burying the tools underneath it. A crate has dissolved into the earthen floor, its outline only barely discernible amid the shapeless mass. There's moldering baskets and web-thin bags that are hanging limply from their hooks in the wooden rafters. Very dusty, old root cellar. Ah, sorry, it's been a hot minute since we've had, like, a detailed, decrepit description, and I'm just so here for it. What do you want to do? I want to eat one of those mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not go there quite yet. Shit. Once again, if we're trying to listen to the house, we discussed how the foundation is kind of like the spine, the, 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 the bone structure, if you will. How, how would we listen to a house in the foundation? Like, how would you listen to the foundation of a house? Yeah, I know. Like, put, I, like aside from putting your ear next to it. Put like your I mean, ear to it, bud. I mean, actually, you know what? I feel like Slash would be a literalist here. I think he'd actually do that. He's going to go ahead put his ear to the foundation, and just listen for anything. See what happens. There's nothing. Ah, shit. Okay. Uh, the magic lantern, maybe there's something, um, something gemmy. A special ore, perhaps? Mm. Plus, since it was dark in here anyway. Yeah, yeah. that too, yeah. yeah. Van Richten's like, I am, I have really bad eyesight and it's dark. What's going on? Tell me. So you light up the lantern, do mm. a quick scan for some gemstones. Nothing. And while we're doing that, no plaques. It's all probably like dirt and rock and nonsense like that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff around. Yeah, there's a lot of crates and hanging bags. And... Troubadour is going to walk on the ceiling and look into all the bags. Oh, fancy. Mm. A few of them have... Under Jack Cheese that's so rotten it's hardly recognizable. <laughs> Some of the contents of the other bags are unrecognizable. They're so just old. Fair. 
It's got to be the central, the mushroom garden, right? You would think, but I don't know. Part of me also wants to see, like, we know that when the sun rises, it changes everything. That that sunlight seems to be the key characteristic here. How can we get sunlight down here? Side note, can you imagine the boss fight in the, like, underjack mushroom fungus dome? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Anyway, but we'll put a pin in that. Actually, does Van Richten... We I didn't we didn't discuss this about you know him preparing spells last like a couple sessions ago, but just for my own knowledge, does Van Richten know the spell Dawn? No, no, damn. Because part of me thinks you know the sun clearly is important here and and how it it makes things grow. What if we somehow got sunlight into places where sunlight shouldn't be? Like, would that change things in the house? Could we get, like, a mirror, maybe, and then bounce sunlight off the mirror from down the stairs into this root cellar? Or the mausoleum or the attic? Like, yeah. You can certainly give that a try. There's got to be one of you who has a little mirror somewhere in either an explorer's pack or dungeoneer's pack or... Oh, yeah. There's got to be a mirror in the party. I'm ruling there's a mirror in the party. All right. Let's do it. All right, so open up the cellar doors and point a mirror in and see if shining a sunlight inside changes anything. Yeah. We'll go full Legend of Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, Lustra, grab a mirror, go up there to, to kind of catch the reflection, point it in the right direction. Go ahead and give me a survival check. Okay. Hmm. Point it at the mushroom. Survive or you'll die. Uh, that's 16. Nice. Okay, okay. Pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Couple things, couple things. When you get back out into the sunlight, Lustras, you're like looking up into the sky, trying to harness a few rays. You notice that there is something that didn't reset today. Oh, Okay. When you got here yesterday, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. It's still raining, and it's fairly cloudy. So, at the very least, the weather didn't reset. It's still raining. It hasn't stopped raining since it started to drizzle last night when the sun started to set. Is it still like an autumn day? Like, are the colors of the leaves still autumn, or is it like a different season? Yeah, and everything at this point, too, you guys are far enough into the day. Like, the sun has been is fully out at this point. It's past 6 a.m. The sun's fully out. It's just not as bright as it was yesterday. It's cloudier. The rain clouds are still there. It's still drizzling. It's overcast, yeah. It's super overcast out time of year like you know it does still feel autumny it just didn't stop raining that just get, hits my gut with two things either one um there is a magic bubble that is like that is doing the people and places in the van richten household get reset the world doesn't or it's going to get worse and worse and worse like the cloud cover is going to get worse and worse as we're here until daytime isn't as safe. But that's 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 for a, that's for like two days from now if we're still here. Anyhow, so I noticed that the weather has changed from yesterday. When it comes to any of the sunlight bouncing into the basement, has it affected the basement at all? And where the sunlight is, like if I put it over the mushroom garden, does that change? If I put it over, you know, some of the crates, do they change? No, nothing weird changes when the sun hits it. But what you do reveal with that sunlight pointing down there and that survival roll is you notice there's a few footsteps uh, underneath the work table that the mushrooms are on. There's a couple steps there. Oh, Okay, yeah. And now that you've got a little bit of light in the room, you managed to track those steps, Lustra. Looks like someone we got curious as, you know, came over to take a look at the mushrooms and then walked in the direction of these two just dusty, old, time-worn barrels that are in the corner of the room. Okay, so I think I'll go and explain investigate those barrels to see what's in them you feel a draft 
and are confident that there is a passage hidden behind those barrels. Lustra fucking Venari. <laughs> MVP going on from yesterday to today. Yep. Uh, so I move the barrels and let the party know. It's like, hey, um, I saw some footprints. And they lead over by these barrels. There's a passage behind the barrels. Slash will turn to Van Richten. Did you ever explore your root cellar as a child? Was there perhaps a tunnel or something that you dug as a kid? Is there anything of that do you recall? Or is this news to you as well? Of course, I was familiar with the root cellar itself. But no, this is new. And he maybe even goes over and inspects the site himself. The tunnel looks fairly freshly carved it's carved much sooner than the root cellar itself was carved and he thinks back onto yesterday he says we were concerned and confused by the fact that radovan seemingly left the mausoleum without moving any of the stuff you piled in front of the doors Uh, network Perhaps this leads all the way there. And after hearing those words, maybe now that you're you're looking for it, I suppose the slight stench of undeath is definitely making its way out of that passage. Tess will like look down to her hip where the bone saw is slung. She says, All right, you drunk bastard, you're back in the tunnels. You better do me right. You've got to check this out, right? Slash will take a step up to the top of the stairs and look at the sun and get a quick time check. 620. 6.20. Well, if we are to presume that we are to return here, or at least to the stables, to follow Casimir for 8.30, this leaves us a significant amount of time to investigate this tunnel network. Time is of the essence. Let us, if everyone, of course, is on board... Let's move through these tunnels and slay another zombie. I was just waiting for somebody to say, break that wall down, but do we need to break it down or can it easily slide aside? Mr. Troubadour, tear down this wall. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a barrel you have to move to get to the the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you just got to move the barrel. Right, I'm going to break the enough. barrel then. Fuck yeah! that barrel. Yeah. You just got to move the barrels out of the way. Break the wall down! Van Richten does point out, though, as well, he says, if this does indeed connect to the mausoleum, then this tunnel could be hundreds of yards long. Oh, shit, you're right. Should we... Not trying to deter you, just since you guys are managing time, uh, you know, if his theory is right and this connects to the mausoleum, like... That's a chunk of time. Fair. Fair, 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 fair. Okay. Um, Are we Lustra done? has sharpshooter and a longbow. Longbow max range is 860 or something. 600. Stupid. 600. Mm-hmm. Does um, Van Richten have the light cantrip? I do. Don't need light. <laughs> Hot stuff. But what if we... I oh. Mean, I see how far it goes. See if it's... Like, if, if see if it's wine. See if it's a straight shot. At I, least... I mean, it's, we can see 80 feet right now. Is it 80 feet straight? Straight-ish, but no, not really. There's, like, parts of the tunnel that go a little deeper because there was just, you know, a massive boulder in the earth. It was just a lot easier to go around than it was to dig through. Uh, no, it's far from a nice, straight, easily walked path. Fair. Okay. I, I Again, re- not trying to deter you. I just don't want you to go down there thinking that you're going to, like, run to the mausoleum, come back, and only five minutes will have passed. No, of course not. As Salash said, a t- quick 20-minute adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reiterate, is there anything else we wanted in the house? Otherwise, we're going to take more time deliberating this than we are running down a tunnel. What house, What places haven't we investigated in the house yet? I don't think there's much of anything, at least of note. We might have not gone in a bathroom. Not stood on a balcony. Lustra, do you smell anything? Earth. (laughs) All right. No horse sweat? Sweet. We haven't rechecked anything, but presumably it'll still all be there to recheck. And if it's changed... Again, not to throw a wrench in the works, but we also haven't checked anything at this specific time of day either. No, that's fair. But the ivy growing back in, things breaking, etc., it seems everything on the people here is day two, 
it seems everything on the items is day 476 or 4076. So items are going to be where they are. These people are doing their Groundhog Day. We want to see the mausoleum anyway. So if this does take us there, this is just getting us out on the road faster to Casimir anyway. That's true. I feel like we've... I don't know. I'm of an accord that way. What about... Also, side note, if this does take us to the mausoleum and if this does lead us to zombies, Lustra has not panic puked yet today. Yeah. And it's a very long, straight tunnel as far as I know. Is it... um, Can we do two side by side or is it a single file? Single file. I'm going... (laughs) I'm going first. All right, I'll I'll provide Overwatch from the rear. Okay, I'll go in second, and then and slash in the middle with VR. You can easily shoot over my head anyway. <laughs> uh, so right, and I'll uh, use the sword as a torch for light for everybody. Okay, and, start making your way through the secret passage. At the very least, you know it heads west. It does head in the direction of the mausoleum grounds. You travel. Five minutes, 6.25 hits. There's no change as of yet. It's already been very windy and curvy. Some parts are a lot slower going than others. Parts of the tunnel you have to get down and crawl. Maybe not Troubadour, but most people (laughs) have to get down and crawl. Troubadour crawls on the ceiling in solidarity. (laughs) 625, five minutes deep into this tunnel. Would you like to continue? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. At 630, another five minutes of travel have passed. It's more of the same. And I'll ask you again if you want to continue. Uh, it- before we continue... What was the, because we've done this travel before, what was the typical expectation to go over ground from the estate to the mausoleum? Uh, Walking at just like a decent path, 15 minutes. Okay. So I feel like we're good to continue that. Prior for the course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 6.35. 15 minutes have passed of you crawling and squeezing your way past little passageways. Sometimes it's just barely enough to get by. At that 15-minute mark, everyone give me a perception check. All right. Booster got a 14. Slash got a 7. Tess got 10. 18 for Troubadour. Pretty good. I'll also ask you guys if you're trying to be quiet at this point. I'm holding a big flaming sword, and I'm covered in metal, so not me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, feasibly, if we're going to zombies, we kind of want to lead them in here anyway, right? Yeah, I don't think we're trying to be quiet at all. Nope. 15-minute mark. Troubadour, I guess it makes sense you're kind of leading the charge anyway. You're the first to hear the sounds of zombies. Far enough and past enough winding sections of tunnel you don't see anything but you can hear it you can smell it it is loud there's a lot of them and mixed into it is the sound of some little finger bells you hear distinctly at least two different tambourines there's rattles Here, maybe a little bongo drum being beaten on. Nice. Terrible zombie rhythm. (laughs) But it's a lot. What you take away the most is the fact that it's a lot. Like I said, at least two different tambourines. There's a lot. So what do you do? I mean, we've got their meta pincer right now. Like, I re-roll a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, like... As far as combat goes, combat's really fast. Even if it's a really, like, long thing, 10 rounds is a minute in game time. Push comes to shove, too. Zombies are slow, so we can run back through the tunnel. And I kind of, now that we're level 7, I took spike growth. That's enormous. Yep. 
there's got to be something in this goddamn mausoleum. I right? agree. There's got to be something important. I feel like we move in, we move them into the hot gates where their numbers count for nothing. Mm-hmm. Forward, not backward. Upward, not downward, and forever. Twirling, twirling, twirling <laughs> towards victory. So we Let's continue forward? Thing. Hell yeah. Order 37, not one step back. <laughs> <laughs> Was it 37? I can't remember now. It is now. I think we're moving forward. Troubadour, do you concur? You're in the lead. Oh, yeah. Yep. Troubadour moves forward through this tunnel. You come around a bend. The tunnel floor is almost drop below you. There's It drops about 5, 10 feet, maybe. Yeah, an easy 10. There's some... Like footholds, indentations in the ground, like a makeshift ladder carved into the dirt. You're standing there at the opening of the tunnel right above these stairs. And before you is a massive dugout chamber. It is big. The ceilings are easily 30 feet tall. It stretches out for dozens, scores of feet in every direction. And the entire chamber is filled with undead Vistani. You see, there's, even at a quick glance, you can tell there's got to be at least 20, 30 zombies that look, you know, essentially like the same bunch you fought at the mausoleum gates. They're kind of in the center of the chamber and surrounding them almost in a makeshift circle are dozens more of what appear to be maybe ghouls or ghasts, some other type of undead. They're also wearing those Vistani garbs. Everyone down there seems to be a Vistani, but those stronger undead, the ghouls, are the ones that have the tambourines, that have the finger bells, that have the drums, the rattles. Radovan wasn't the only one. And all these ghouls seem to essentially be like holding these zombies here like cattle. Corralling that shit. Holy. That's, I mean, my kingdom for a fireball. <laughs> and... You are very noticed with your flaming sword lighting the way. And we're going to roll initiative against what looks like no less than 60, maybe 70 undead. Holy oh boy. shit. Oh, this is going to get ugly quick. This is going to be a doozer. 20 or higher. Anybody? Anybody? 28 or higher? No, 20, or I don't know what the hell I said. Did you, are you in the category, though? I'm 22 again, but yeah, I thought I right. thought I heard you say 28. I'm like, that's a very specific number. It's like 28 or lower, and you're dead. Um, 20, I meant to say, I don't know what I said. Look, I've got like 70 undead under my belt. Watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. 22 for Slash. 15 or higher? Natural one. I mean, Lustra got a 14. 14 from Lustra. Natural uh, one from Tess. Yeah, so five in total. Troubadour. Oh, you still got more than me. I got a three. Troubadour three. I'm group rolling zombies, and I'm group rolling ghoulsies. What was the marching order again? I believe it was Troubadour, um, uh, Lustra, Van Richten, Slash, Tess. Slash, you're the first... To react here, you're three bodies back in a single file tunnel. Currently not even close enough to be able to target anything, honestly. Past three bodies and the angle that is the dropped floor. So what would you like to do? If you want to be able to target, you gotta go in. In the room. Ah, Jesus. Because right now when initiative hits, like Troubadour is kind of like, he's at the threshold of the tunnel. If you want to be able to see them and do anything, you got to get past him. 
So if he's three bodies ahead of me, that's 15 feet at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then God. you're climbing down makeshift stairs in the wall for 10 feet. And so you'd be out of movement, like right at the bottom. You could just barely make it in the room, be right at the bottom of the stairs, on the floor of this earthen chamber. This cave, essentially, just yeah. a cavern. I don't really have much of a choice here. Like, I, there is something I really want to do, but, like, I just can't see anything given the circumstances. And I really want to wait for Looster to have his turn first. So I feel like what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead. Since Troubadour is at the front, uh, Slash is going to give Troubadour some encouraging words, encouraging him that. The power that he has within him is not from a god or from an oath, but from him himself, and give him a bardic inspo. Okay. Um, and that's about all I'm really going to do, because that's all I really can do. Not taking any movement? Nope. Fair enough. That's going to bring it to Lustra. You were where in line? Second in line. Second in line, so only Troubadour in front of you. Correct. I would argue Troubadour short enough that you can probably see a little bit of the cavern floor in there. You can certainly see a handful of zombies and ghouls. What would you like to do? Here's the thing, dude. If I cast Spike Growth, we are committing to this fight. Not necessarily. If we run, they have to run through it. Spike Growth is ten minutes. So Mm -hmm. if anything, it slows them down and it's an easy escape. If they are coming after us, the ones that do get themselves torn to bits next time we come back with a different plan uh, there might be only 50 undead mm-hmm. so because the thing is that what I want to do is cast spike growth I'm just trying to figure out where to place it and do we put it right up so that it ends right against the mouth of the tunnel or do we leave a space to fight down there I think we leave a space to fight down there if I'm being honest because I feel like even if we had like 10 feet of buffer like you know, for us to go down there so that way we can at least see the rest of the chamber. At least for Slash, that would be most effective. I can't speak for the others, but... So, I think what I'm going to do is I am going to cast Spike Growth. I am going to give us... Well, there's, like, five of us. So even if I gave us, like, a 15-foot buffer, maybe... See, the thing I'm worried about is are ghouls intelligent? Would they know to run around it? Zombies wouldn't, but ghouls might. Well, uh, even if we take out the zombies, that's half the force. Okay. Probably ghouls. They're definitely acting... You can tell just by the way they, like, react to the situation, and they almost immediately start to ring their little finger bells and rattle their tambourines. They're already starting to kind of calm down, I guess, the zombies. So the ghouls... You're kind of able to pick up that they probably have by the same intelligence level as Radovan did. Radovan was very aware of what was happening. And these ghouls just have that same look in their eyes. They're just... The zombies don't. The zombies are just mindless cattle in the middle of the room. I'm just saying, if we give them an option to circumnavigate our only area of effect damage... Like if, if I was smart and I saw someone put spike growth around and I could go around it, I would go around it. Mm-hmm. I, I, That's a lot of fucking undead, and if this doesn't work, we're fucked. Yeah, you know what, you're right. We can still run. We can still run. Like, even if we bait them over here, something's gotta be in... Something's gotta be in that circle. If we get them to move, we can see it. I almost want to put it right up against the mouth of the tunnel so that they have to go through it. Yeah, that's what I want. Do it. Yeah, do it yeah, that way. So that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to place the spike growth so that one edge is basically a 40-foot diameter, if I'm not mistaken, across the entrance of the tunnel and then out towards the zombie so that they have to go through it. So like the, the wall, like the steps and mm-hmm. whatnot... The cliff face essentially is covered in spike growth as well, and it would extend down to the Correct. kind of the floor of the cavern. Yep. Okay, and it extends down how? how? It's a twenty foot radius. Okay, so you want to shoot it so that the end of the radius is right, essentially an inch away from Troubadour's feet. Essentially, yes. Okay. 
So I will go and do that as my action, and I don't have anything I can do for my bonus action, so just stand my ground. (laughs) So that means you have to shoot it out about 20 feet out into that room, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you just have to be able to see the ground to be able to do that, right? Correct. Okay, so spike growth goes up. Tell me a bit more about spike growth. Uh, so what ends up happening is it's a 20 foot radius and creatures that happen to move through it for every five feet they move through the spike growth, they take 2d4 piercing damage. Oh man, that's huge. He throws a bunch of Lego on the floor. <laughs> is it also difficult terrain? Yes. Uh, in addition, the transformation of the ground is camouflaged to look natural. Any creature that can't see the area at the time the spell is cast must make a perception check against your spell save DC to recognize the terrain as hazardous before entering. Unfortunately, I'd argue that they all can Saw see this it, terrain. Yeah. Fair. But for later. Mm-hmm. Anything else from Lustra? You still have some movement if you want to move back or if you want to move forward into your own spike growth, whatever you want to do. I mean, I would like to move to the edge of the tunnel so that I, I could get at my longbow and shoot if need be. Troubadour is standing in the only yeah. five-foot spot available. So that's the unfortunate bit, so there's not much I can do, so I'm just going to st- stand right behind Troubadour. It's all right. I'll move soon. That means it's time for a whole lot of undead to go. Oh, boy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> So 2d4, sorry, explain it to me one more time. Every five feet, they take 2d4 damage. Man, that's fucking insane. And it's difficult terrain. Is it concentration? Yes, it is, for ten minutes. Concentration, ten minutes. Correct. Well over a score of zombies. A few of them you recognize as the same zombies that you were holding the door against. In the mausoleum, that little bottleneck battle you had over there. They all start shambling forward. They smell the flesh. And being the dumb zombies that they are, they start walking right through that spike growth. They take many cuts. You see a few of them, like, fall into the spikes and then you know, push themselves back up, leaving a bunch of their flesh stuck to the spikes that are on the ground. It's a mess. A mess that is only stopped when my ghouls get to go. Great. The ghouls immediately... I'll save you guys uh, the boring part of me rolling 2d4 over and over again. I'm confident it doesn't kill any zombies on the walkover, but you do a shitload of damage. Know that. (laughs) Yes. Know that you did a shitload of damage. Mm -hmm. The ghouls start to react, though. They immediately start to almost panic a little bit. Tambourines get jingle-jangled. Rattles get rattled. Finger bells get shaked very quickly (laughs) in an attempt to wrangle these zombies back. You see they manage to get a few of those zombies turned around and they're trying to herd them back towards the back of the cavern where you just barely make out the entrance to another tunnel. The tunnel you assume probably leads to the mausoleum proper. It's a hot mess, and when it's all said and done, dozens of zombies take a lot of damage, and two of these brave ghouls decide to attack you guys, decide to put up with the pain that is walking through these spikes, the little bits of the stony colorful clothing getting stuck to the thorns because it's basically like there's a bunch of viney thorny growth all over the place eh? correct That's what yeah. i like to think of i'm thinking like lion king when simba's running through the brambles and such it's basically that oh cool very nice you said 2d6 right 2d4 2d4 for every five for feet. every five feet yeah. of difficult terrain yeah 
I'm just gonna double check on this one ghoul that manages to make it up the stairs and kind of close the gap with Troubadour. Nine. Fifteen. Oh, this spell is brutal. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't an undead, I'd say it turns around, but I think it's committed. Man, think of all the XP, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> dang, 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 dang. Quick, let's uh, go pour uh, boiling water down on an anthill. <laughs> so one of the smarter ones makes it up the, like, climbs the spike growth. You can see its undead hands are grasping onto the thorns. They're, like, poking out the back of its hand. You know, it's a bloody, disgusting mess. When it's all said and done, a ghoul that's barely on its legs anymore, honestly, takes a swing at Troubadour. How much spike growth and how much did he have to move through because it's difficult terrain too so like he'd have to have like he'd have to have movement? 15 I think right he would have to have well it'd be it's 60, a, if he put it 20 feet out then there's another 20 feet beyond it it's like mm-hmm. 40 foot diameter but there's a circle in the whole room so I'm yep. saying that out of the 30 two of them were able to do this okay the Okay, they were close at the perimeter of the circle. That is the closest. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So there's a bunch of zombies, and then there's a circle of ghouls, and then there's you guys over here. Out of the thirty, two of them were able to be close enough to do this. Okay. And only one of them is able to close the gap because it's single file. A nine to hit Troubadour. No. Not even close. (laughs) Not really worth the effort in the end. Many of the ghouls, especially those on the further... Like I said, there's a bunch of zombies in the middle of the room, a bunch of ghouls encircling them, and the ones on the far side, they're moving away. They're moving towards that tunnel. They're already starting to like wrangle zombies and being like, it's time to go the other way. It's a hot mess of activity, though. And the next person to act is Tess, who is... Mm, at the very back. Very back of the line. Shit. I mean, there's not much I can do right now. Um, can I even see past my, like, the three other compatriots to see that Troubadour's being attacked? Yes. Okay. You definitely know what's happening. Okay. I'm assuming you guys are all screaming and updating each other. We don't have to... Oh, yeah. Mostly I'm just like, can I shoot my, like, my bow through three people plus Troubadour to, like, try to hit this ghoul? Or, yeah, you can give it a shot with disadvantage. You said the magic words. Let's go. Yeah, I think um, that was the plan. Tess is going to try to uh, fire that longbow she got from that like mutilated tabaxi. <laughs> it is very embarrassing to miss a ghoul. Uh, that is a nine to hit. A nine to hit my ghoul. Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, not going to be a hit. Startling, I know. I get the image that Tess is just like, Everybody duck! (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, And then an arrow like flings off into the distance. But the ghoul is intelligent, so it ducks too. I'm like, (laughs) damn it! (laughs) Um, I'm definitely tempted to say you hit someone else, but (laughs) a nine's good enough that we'll say you hit the floor. Cool. Um, Yeah, I, I think... Tess is going to back up probably 20 feet to give some leeway for everyone else that she is now in front of if we want to move back, and she's also fast enough to catch up if need be. Okay. Um, and she just calls out, I will be there when you need me. There's not much I can do right now. And she'll end her turn there. So I'm going to back out a little bit, give everybody some breathing room. Knowing that you can definitely catch back up if you have to. It's a good plan, a solid one, and that brings it to Troubadour. Standing there, top of the stairs, locked in combat with a ghoul who is beyond ripped to shreds. You're confused as to how it's still standing, but... Let's finish that off, shall we? (laughs) Oh, that was cocked on a 19. That's a 19, dirty 19. That's definitely a hit. Oh. Uh, seven slashing, three fire. 
that is enough. The Vistani garbs the ghoul is wearing erupt into flames as the flame tongue cuts through this undead corpse. It falls the ten feet down that cliff to hit the cavern floor with a thud. Now what? Well, he had a friend right behind him. Troubadour is going to... He does have a friend who's, like, actively climbing the ladder. The friend is actively climbing the ladder? Yeah, couldn't quite get all the way to the top, right, because there's not room. But, yeah, he's right behind. Perfect. Can I jump on the wall, walk down the wall, and hit him on the ladder? I'd say no to anyone else, but I can't say no to Troubadour and his spider climb. Boom. <laughs> God damn it, Troubadour. There Let's you go. Do it. Ooh. No, don't use the Bardicans spell. That's 14. No, wait, 12 to hit. 12 to hit? What if you use the Bardicans spell, though? <clears throat> Do you, you, still, to- you still keep it if, you, if it fails. That's true. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you get to decide to use it before or after um, I tell you? I, I have to use it before can, I know the results. You can know the roll. You can't know the result. Mm. So if you had said, and you miss, he couldn't use it. But since he doesn't know for sure, he can still. Ah. I have unfailing inspiration. So even if it doesn't work, you still keep it. I think he's more worried that he's already made the DC and yeah. would be wasting it for success anyway. Screw it. Plus, if they're ghouls and I try and run, that wouldn't be good. Uh, what did I hit? 15 is now the new to hit. 15's a hit. Oh, that's much better. That's 10 slashing, 7 fire. Fuck yeah. A second ghoul. A second ghoul who's essentially crawled all the way through some spike growth <laughs> hits the ground. I am going to now move to the ceiling and use the chaos to try and look for anything of note um, among for, for graves, for something special, for something that looks like it shouldn't be here. Uh, how much movement does Troubadour have? 40 feet. So 10 and 10 back up. Uh, yeah, you actually, with 40, you just barely make it to the corner of the room. Gives you a pretty good perspective. Give me perception. 10. You don't see anything. I mean, the zombies, everyone has moved. So, like, I think that's at least enough to know that if you had any thoughts that maybe they were huddled around something or hiding something in the middle, they're not. There's nothing there. They were herded like cattle. It okay. wasn't It wasn't about hiding anything. There's nothing okay. in the middle of the room. They're not protecting. Uh, yeah. I'd very least give you that, but uh, you don't that's find anything else. Effectively all I needed to know. Uh, yeah, if that's the end of my movement, I'll, I'll hang out on the ceiling here in the corner. That's going to bring it to Van Richten, and then after Van Richten, it'll bring it to the top of the turn order. So I think, and like I said, there's literally dozens, there's scores of undead. So while those two kills might have seemed easy, there's a lot of stuff going down, down there. So I think the easiest way to do this is for me to ask you, what are your intentions? I think well I guess we have two options we can try to bait the zombies back into the spike growth um, or at the very least hope that everything still in the spike growth will die within a couple of turns we can either take the W and leave or because I'm a fool and suggested we leave the spike growth like right up at the edge dispel it and go after them and if you have another spike growth maybe cast it at the other entrance that they tried to herd them through don't know if that's even a possibility like here's part of the reason why I wanted to have like a 10 foot buffer it was so that I could go down and I took a new spell on my level up confusion and I was hoping to confuse all of the ghouls because they seem to be all in one spot so that way the zombies wouldn't have an opportunity to you know be corralled, give us a little bit more of an opportunity to pick them all off as necessary. In addition, the ghouls might even kill themselves in the confusion, like a Pokemon. It sounds like 
Some big decisions to make. Some big decisions to make. It's a whole lot of undead. You could corral them. You could run, take the W, as Colin says. <laughs> take the two dead ghouls and hit the road. There's, there's gotta be something in here. Why else would they be here? Tell you what. You can take a week to think about it, buddy. <laughs> okay, okay. I will I will find out how a monk can cast fireball. You just wait. <laughs> Pretty sure there's a subclass. God damn it! Yeah, Sun Soul Monk. Yeah, yeah, David did it once. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'd like to respect, please. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs>